road rage in this incident. Because he turned his windshield wipers on and washed his windshield. And it got on, the water got on the car behind him. So the guy in the car behind him pulled ahead of him, went down the road, pulled into a rest area, and waited till he went by. And when he went by, he pulled out, and he shot him to death. Because he got his windshield wet. He got his car wet. Evil is in this world. And we've had evil come in and out of the doors of this church. Disguised as people that know Christianese. They can talk the Christian language. They can act that way. People, you got to know God and God's word. Do not be deceived by the times that are coming. Be watchful. Peter tells us to be sober, to be vigilant. You need to be there. You need to be sober. You need to be vigilant. You know, in chapter 3, they also talked about the church at Philadelphia. And the angel of the Lord says these things. He says, he is holy. He who is true. He who has the key of David, who opens, and no one shuts, and shuts, and no one opens. God can open some marvelous doors in front of you if you just take the time to seek his face. I mean, our church services, we're going to increase them. They'll probably be at least two hours from now on. Hallelujah. At least two hours. And if you came to church every Sunday, that would be about 104 hours. Some people think that's enough. That's not enough. It's nowhere near enough time for you to spend with God. You need to develop that prayer life, the devotional life. For those of you that don't know, we have a service on Wednesday night. I mean, we thought everybody knew that, but maybe some of you don't. So we have one. It's not for us. It's because we want to honor God. We want to come into his house. We want to spend time with him. We want to worship him. Scripture just said, John wrote, we got to worship in spirit and in truth. Now the spirit gets moving as we're singing songs of praise, as we're honoring him, as we're worshiping. But truth comes from the word. But throughout scripture, you see different people that know how to worship God. In Matthew chapter 26, a woman comes in with an alabaster flash and she pours oil all over Jesus' head as he's sitting at a table eating. The disciples freak out. They're like, Lord, we could have sold that. We could have fed all these homeless people, all these, these widows, orphans. We could have done great things with our money. 
said the woman knew what to do, and she knew what was better. She honored God. She honored Jesus with her giving, with her prized possession, because that stuff wasn't cheap. And then you have this story in Luke chapter 7, where there's another woman that's in the sinner's house. She's a sinner, and Jesus is in the house of the Pharisee. She pours oil all over Jesus' feet, and she washes it with her hair as she's crying. And she's just honoring God. She's just pouring out everything she had to God. She gave it all. And we come in the church and oh well, but time to go. <laughs> Gotta hurry now. There was an old joke in the Pentecostal circles. You had to beat the Baptist at a restaurant. <laughs> but that was just an old joke. And now you see in churches today, you've got your 20, 20, 20 churches. 20 minutes of worship, 20 minutes of announcements, and a 20 minute inspirational message, and out the door you go. No Holy Spirit, no presence of God. Today, our society has turned our churches into social clubs, with a steeple. Social clubs. This will not become a social club. Ever. As long as I'm alive. We're here for one reason. To worship God. Because of what God's going to do for us. What God's going to do. What God has already done. You have the gift of salvation. You have an eternal home in the presence of God. Is there anything more you could ask for? Worldly possessions aren't going to last. They're going to just fade away. I mean, if you lived up north, your cars would just rust because of the salt they put on the roads to get rid of the snow and the ice. So your car would just literally fall apart if you kept it long enough. Down here, that doesn't happen much. But they break down just the same. I mean, there was a little cartoon. Guy's got his car at the service station. It's up on the lift. The mechanic comes over to him and says, ha, your car needs a battery. That'll be $15,000. You want an electric car? Be prepared. They said if we all had an electric car, they said if three people on Royal Palm Boulevard between Rock Island and 441 had electric cars plugged in at the same time, we'd overload the grid. We're not ready for that. But the world pushes for their own ways. Mm 
You remember the story of Mary and Martha? Oh, yeah. I mean, Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus is telling these stories. I mean, who knows what he was saying? He said, oh, the other night, man, we picked on Peter a bit. We got on his case. No, he was sharing the gospel with them. He was telling them all about the good things. And Mary is just sitting there absorbing every word that came out of his mouth. And Martha's in the back, you know, preparing this great feast. Doing all this busy work. And she comes to Jesus and she says, tell Mary to help me. And Jesus says, no, Mary's doing what's right. Amen. I mean, there's a time and a place for everything. Amen. Time for busy work isn't here. That's for somewhere else. So you have to develop this real passion for God. And that only comes by spending time with him. You know, we sit down and, and so many people, they just get down there and, oh, Lord, I need this, and Lord, give me this. and Oh, that would be nice, Lord Jesus. Oh, help me out. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you sit down and listen and hear what God has to say to you. Amen. We all think we know exactly who we are in God. And what God wants to do with each and every one of us. But we don't have a clue. God said he knew what he had for us before we were formed in the womb. Not when we were in there. But before that. And some of us have let God down. But some of us have gotten on track. Some of us have taken longer than others. I ran from God for 30 years. But I finally stopped because I knew he was the only way to go. Amen. He was the only answer there could be. Amen. I mean, some people go into churches today and their worship is so shallow. I mean, everybody that's been in church knows how to go through the thing. They know how to fake it. I mean, we all know these things. We all know the right language to say. We all know, oh, God is love. Oh, I love you. You're my friend. But Jesus wants people that can worship Amen. in spirit and in truth. Amen. The more you get to know God, the more you appreciate him. Have you noticed that? Amen. That as your walk has gotten deeper with God, you've appreciated him more? That he has become more and more a force in your life? 
something that you've not only wanted to please, but someone that you've wanted to worship. It's about worshiping God. I mean, you know, I, I grew up in a bigger church. You know, they used to bring in all kinds of guest speakers. And you would find people that just followed these speakers around from church to church. Yeah. It isn't the speaker. Amen. It's God. Amen. You don't need to follow somebody. Why follow man? I mean, one of the biggest churches in this area, they had people that followed that pastor. And when he fell, 5,000 people left that church. We don't follow man. I mean, there are different people that have different anointings. That's true. But God, if God wants to do something for you, he's going to do it. Whether he does it in Oklahoma, or he does it in California, or he does it in Coral Springs. God's going to do it. So we need to learn that the deeper we worship God, the more we go after God, the more we glorify Him. The more we glorify Him, the more He pours out on us. He doesn't keep it. He just keeps going. He loves His children. He loves His people. And that's who you all are. You're his children. He knows I'm his child because I act like a kid. But we are his children. I mean, don't you come in and you want to hear what word he has for you? This is where the truth comes in because the truth comes from the word of God. Spirit comes from your praise, from your worship. Truth from the Word of God. And some people don't like to hear that. Because the Word of God will tell you, if you're a sinner, you're a sinner. And you need to stop it. Stop living that life. Stop doing that stuff. Stop chasing after the ways of the world. Chase after God. What does James tell us? Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. But then he says, cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Obviously, in those days, they had the same problems we have today. People who come in and say, oh yeah, I'm a child of God. And then the next thing you know, they're out in the world doing things that they don't need to be doing. I mean, I've seen people even on church boards having affairs with people in their congregation. They're sitting on a council. The enemy can infiltrate everywhere. The enemy doesn't care 
it's you that has to be strong it's you that have to know God gives each and every one of you a certain gift a certain path to follow that's your path that's not somebody else's that's yours God has you where God wants you if you're following God if you're following the world then the world has you David wrote create in me a clean heart O God and renew a steadfast spirit in me why because he understood the need of that you can't go before God all messed up deceived you have to go with a clean heart and David knew that God had a created him that clean heart. David knew God had to put a right spirit back within him, but God is willing to do that. If he sees an honest repentance in you, coming from you, he'll restore you. I mean, look what he did to Job. Job lost family, wealth, he went through all kinds of hardships, but God restored him. He had a bigger and better family than he had the first time. I'm sure it was something hard on his head, hard on his heart, but he did. He had more wealth than he'd ever believed he could have. Why? Because God created in him that clean heart. Now, how many of you have been in our church service? And you're in such a hurry to get out. And all of a sudden, God starts moving. I mean, I've left places, had people call me and say, Jesus, you should have never left that service. God healed this person. This person was in a wheelchair and now walking and talking and running around. But you left. God could have healed you. He could have took away that addiction. He could have took away that problem. He could have delivered you from that feeling that you have inside of you that's holding you back from being everything God wants you to be. Most churches today keep God in a box. Oh, yeah. You gotta be out by 12 o'clock. Well, if your thing is 12 o'clock, you got two minutes to get out the door. You gotta put restraint on it in those most churches. God doesn't work that way. He just doesn't. It's said in Genesis that the Spirit of God hovered. The Spirit of the Lord hovered. It hovers. The Spirit of the Lord is hovering in this place. Waiting to land where God wants it to land. Waiting for it to do what God wants it to do. So forgive us, O oh Lord, 
if we put you in a box. Because we tear away that box right now and we open it up, Lord. For every service is going to be yours to run and to do with it as you wish. You know, like I said, they had problems back in the old days with this. In the book of Jude, Jude wrote in the first about 16 verses, he was talking about apostasy, people walking away from God. And it says in verse 4, For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God of our Lord Jesus Christ. But I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord being saved his people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. Just like today, people are coming in to houses of worship, claiming all these great things. But we once knew them as sinners. They create, they try to change the church into their own thing, to worship the way they want to worship, to move the way they want to move. But that's not what God wants. Jews said, hey, they turn it into their own lewdness. That just means they try to turn the church into some worldly thing. In verse 16, it says, These are grumblers, complainers, walking according to their own lusts. They mouth with great swelling words. In other words, they use big words. Flattering people to gain an advantage. How many of us know people like that? That come up, oh, you're so wonderful. You're so great. Uh, why don't you just give me 500 bucks? Because I know you're so great and wonderful, you can do that. They flatter you because they want something from you. People try to flatter God because they want something from him. But he sees right through that. He sees right through that. Jude noticed all these methods that people have. But you know what? They're no different than the methods that people have today. They are no different. The people today do the same thing. Obviously, we haven't changed as human beings as people think. Right now, we just got a little more technology. Yeah. We can flatter people with a text and a nice picture, do these kind of things. But he said they're grumblers, they're complainers. I was at a church down in, in Pembroke Pines when I was doing some internship. And they had one of the best complainers I've ever met in my life. <laughs> one week the air conditioning's too cold, the next week it's too hot. One week there's nowhere to park, then there's Parking's too close to the building. Oh, the carpet's red, the carpet's blue, the music's too loud, the music's not loud enough. It didn't matter. They just grumbled and complained. And every one of you know people like that. 
You got them at your jobs, or you had them at your jobs. Grumblers, complainers. You know, grumbling is an insult to God. Start complaining about things. He gives us all things. We don't need our love of God separated or God's love for us separated. He's not going to take away those priceless treasures that you all cherish in your house. I mean, you're not going to take them with you when you die, but he's not going to take them away from you. He's going to let you have them. Jude talks about the people that it didn't matter what you did, what you said, or how you said it, they're going to complain. People are going to come in and they're not going to like the worship service because they didn't sing their favorite song. Or they didn't sing the way they should, or they shouldn't have done this, or they did that. They're not going to like the message because the pastor didn't say it right. You know, and those things happen. Grumblers. I mean, the early church, had, and they figured Jude was written somewhere around 70 AD. So they had those things. You can't serve God and please yourself. It can't be done. Because we all have desires that are different than God's. And God doesn't want us living like that. So God takes those away. There's no way I can preach a message that's going to satisfy every one of you. It just won't happen. There's no way that the worship team can get up here and sing song that's going to make every one of you happy. It doesn't matter. We're only here to worship God. We're not here to worship you. We're here to worship the Lord, the King of Kings. So we all know, we've talked about the flattering people. We've all seen them, we've all loved them. But then you go to verse 17 of Jude. And look what he says. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God always is an answer to dangers in the church. He says to them in verse 18, how he told you there would be mockers in the last time. And oh, are there ever mockers of Christianity today? I mean, Peter says we're a peculiar people. The world says we're idiots. They've taken, they've taken, we're not just peculiar. We're just downright idiots. We deserve to be put away somewhere or extinguished. He says that the mockers are going to be people that work and walk and live their lives according to their own ungodly lusts. And you see that so much today. I mean, look at the things going on in our society. People chasing their own dreams, having no cares, no love for one another. 
some business things that just go crazy. People mocking one another. I mean, the guy getting killed because his windshield fluid landed on a car behind his hood. Wow. Wow. Verse 19 says there are sensual persons whose divisions not having the spirit. Essentially, these men are not spiritual. They are cardinal with insensitive and are insensitive to the Holy Spirit. Sensual, in this case, does not mean sexual attraction. But it describes a person that lives only by what he gets through his physical senses. Just like addicts get when they're chasing that high. Gamblers get when they get that big winning hand. They want it again and again. They get hooked on the sensation. There are people that chase pastors around and stuff like that because they look at them as having some kind of sensational thing. They only have what God gives them. God can give to everybody if you just seek his face. But a lot of people don't want to put in the work. I mean, if you have a good ministry going, it takes work. It takes time. I mean, these people that get up here and sing, they just they didn't just walk in here this morning and say, okay, let's sing these songs. La, 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 la. No. They had to learn the lyrics. They had to learn the melodies. They had to decide how they want to sing the song. Because I encourage them, do not sing the song the same way the artist recorded it. Sing it the way you want it. Sing the way you feel it. Sing the way the Holy Spirit tells you. And that takes time, that takes effort. We don't just get up here and open up the Bible and start preaching scripture. You gotta have a prayer life. You gotta communicate with God. There's more time in preparation than there is in deliverance. But it says these certain men, they're basically what Jude called Christian Pharisees. They're Pharisees, but they're Christians. People not having the spirit, just being lost. But then Jude goes in verse 20, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in love with God, looking for mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Now where he's telling you, keep seeking God's love, keep seeking God's mercy. Just chase after it until the day you have eternal life. It's to him who is able to keep you from stumbling. It's not me, I can't keep you from stumbling. 
Only God can keep you from stumbling. I can't present you flawless before God. Only God can present you that way. Before his presence, you go with exceeding glory. And then he closes it out and he says, To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. You said, build your faith up, a holy faith. You need to work on that every day. Your faith is here today. It's there tomorrow. There, there, there. You're never going to reach the top. Just keep going after it. I mean, men are frail. We humans are frail. Sometimes we turn into deceivers. We've had, I've met some great deceivers. We had a family when I was down in Cooper City. This family worked churches. They went to one church and they would go in and they would I'll throw their, they, had, they were a family of four, so I mean, they even had their kids involved. And they're throwing, they're hitting up congregations for money, they're latching on to people, they're following people around, they're doing all this, they're getting everything they can, and when they've drained that church, they move on to the next one. Well, they were working their way down Sterling Road, which, if you've ever been in Sterling Road, city, there's just churches all the way down the street. And they come in and they started. And as they started to do their little thing in Cooper City, our pastor got a phone call from one of the other churches. He said, beware of these people. They're going to try to latch on to some people in your congregation and drain them and get a place to live for free. Whatever you'll give them, they'll take. So we went over and we threw them out. They weren't here for God. They weren't here for any other reason. The pastor at the time, he has a, he had a bad leg. He had an artificial leg. And it was bothering him. So he was walking on crutches. And it was the funniest thing you want to see. He's got three or four people with him. You know, I'm a little bit further in the background. And he's telling these people to get out of this shaking his crutch out. <laughs> he said, hey, tell them, man, you want to come in here and just worship? Fine. Do you want to come in here and work this congregation for money and whatever else you can get from them? Get out. That's not godly. This is what Jude is talking about. This is what's happening in the last days. The devil doesn't want us to be a house of worship. Not a worship of God. He wants to tear us down. He doesn't want the Holy Spirit moving in here. He doesn't want the Holy Spirit touching people's lives, changing people, lifting them up, taking them out of depression and encouraging them to move. Sometimes you just gotta get to that Holy Spirit push. God will just give that. Because if people learn that no matter where they go, what they do, that God is always with them, 
that God is always going to protect them, that God is always going to be their, their refuge, their strong tower. Why is there risk of anything else? I mean, we as humans, yeah, we're nervous about doing something new. We're nervous because we get comfortable in a situation. But God says, hey, trust me. Put your faith in me. My Holy Spirit is going to move through you. Come on up. Our prayer has got to get away from our own personal needs and begin to pray for those needs and wants that God has for us. What better way to do it than to pray? I want everybody to stand. We're going to sing a song. We're going to worship the Lord in song before we open up the altars this morning. We're going to worship. I want you to lift your voices to the Lord. Sing unto the Lord like you've never sang before. Worship him with all your heart.